BCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. We do thank you for joining us on Crosstalk here from the VCY America Network. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, just a short while ago, I was taking a look at the congressional record from July 27, 1987. Congressman William Dannemeyer shared an essay by Michael Swift, a gay revolutionary. Now, Mr. Swift, in this writing, indicated this was just outre. You know, it it was a satire. But virtually every word has come true. I want to just share a few quotes here as we start the program today. He wrote in his, and this was from the congressional record, We shall sodomize your sons, emblems of your feeble masculinity, of your shallow dreams and vulgar lies. We shall seduce them in your schools, in your dormitories, in your gymnasiums, in your locker rooms, in your sports arenas, in your seminaries, in your youth groups, in your movie theater bathrooms, in your army bunkhouses, in your truck stops, in your all-male clubs, in your houses of Congress, wherever men are with men together. Your sons shall become our minions and do our bidding. They will be recast in our image. They will come to crave and adore us. All laws banning homosexual activity will be revoked. Instead, legislation shall be passed which engenders love between men. If you dare to cry faggot, fairy, queer at us, we will stab you in your cowardly hearts and defile your dead, puny bodies. We shall write poems of the love between men. We shall stage plays in which men openly caress men. We shall make films about the love between heroic men, which will replace the cheap, superficial, sentimental, insipid, juvenile, heterosexual, and fatuous, presently dominating your cinema screens. Our writers and artists will make love between men fashionable. The essay goes on to say, We shall conquer the world because warriors inspired by and banded together by homosexual love and honor are invincible, as were the ancient Greek soldiers. The family unit, spawning grounds of hate, uh, rather of lies, betrayals, mediocrity, hypocrisy, and violence, will be abolished. The family unit, which only dampens imagination and curbs free will, must be eliminated. All churches who condemn us will be closed. Our only gods are handsome young men. We shall rewrite history, history filled and debased with your heterosexual lies and distortions. We will demonstrate that homosexuality and intelligence and imagination are extricably linked and that homosexuality is a requirement for true nobility, true beauty in a man. The essay goes on, but they close it off by saying this, Tremble here to swine when we appear before you without our mask. That's from the Congressional Record, July 27th, 1987. And indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we are seeing a massive assault on morality and decency across this land. We have seen a push of the LGBT plus movement and the LGBT plus agenda in a very intensive way, often targeted our children. They're being groomed through drag queens, through classroom instruction, and even by libraries across the nation. Well, joining us today to expose this evil work of darkness, we welcome Brian Kamenker. Brian is the director of Mass Resistance. They are a leading pro-family activist organization that provides information and guidance that individuals need to confront the assaults on the traditional family, school children, and the moral foundation of society. They are based in Massachusetts. Brian, thank you for joining us today. Great to be here. Thank you. Uh, Brian, I can remember often being dropped off at the, the public library for a couple hours on a Saturday afternoon, take books off the shelf. They've had a, a reading corner that you could go to that was all comfortable and just enjoy reading books. Uh, the library was viewed by virtually everybody as being a safe place, but but no longer because libraries are being used to change the lives of children to promote the LGBT agenda. And if you would, Brian, introduce us to the American Library Association. Many would think of this as being a group that are just wanting to encourage people to read and build them up academically. However, you've got a far different take on the American Library Association. Uh, Tell us what you found. Uh, Right. Yes, you're right. The American Library Association sounds like to everybody like it's some kind of, you know, scholarly group for, you know, professional librarians. What it has become is 
a, a lobbying group for the LGBT agenda. You, you only need to go to their website to see uh, what they talk about is all of their efforts to push the LGBT agenda in libraries. Uh, and not only that, but to, um, uh, to protect librarians from parents who, um, you know, who, who, who don't like that, you know, who, who object. So on one hand, they're, they, they, they have all these lists of LGBT books and LGBT programs that they tell that they, that they push into the libraries. And they have this, what they call freedom to read and, you know, uh, banned books, uh, you know, um, being against banned books. They have all of these um, strategies for subverting parents and public officials who don't like that and to demonize them, call them names, and uh, find legal ways to keep them from keeping these books out of the library. It's, it's a very devious, some would say evil, organization. And its, uh, it's new uh, president is uh, an avowed lesbian Marxist. I mean, wow. this is what she calls herself. And so that should tell you everything you need to know about the American Library Association. It's amazing. And, you know, there are parents who've looked at shelves, you know, in, in the library and, and uh, you know, they've thought that libraries are just neutral places. And if they came across a bad book that got on the shelf, they, right away they think, oh, this must be a mistake. It's been, it's been misshelved somehow. But you really indicate, hey, this is no mistake. It's an agenda. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, some some of the books that they have that we regularly find in libraries across the, the country is 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 just out and out pornography. It's you know uh, telling young kids and teenagers how to perform homosexual sex acts, uh, as well as you know heterosexual sex acts. But a, a lot of you know homosexual love stories really gross homosexual sex acts, just a whole range of unbelievably, uh, you know, just just toxic material for children. And it's and and as I said, they defend it. I mean if if you if you bring it up to them, they they are trained to handle parents and public officials who don't want it there. How so? And well uh, on one, th- one, um, one thing that they will often have are, um, I mean, the first thing that they will do is they will, they will talk about how well we have a diverse collection. We're trying to, uh, you know, support all kinds of diverse parts of the community. And they, they will talk about the First Amendment and that somehow the First Amendment says that they have to, you know, uh, allow pornography for children. And then if parents want to challenge these books, they have these very, you know, intricate bureaucratic procedures that you have to go through that are guaranteed to fail. So in other words, parents have to fill out all kinds of forms, and then they go to a committee of the library staff that put them in in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so, so, I mean, we've seen all over the country, these, these never win. And, uh, and again, they, they have all of this, you know, um, stuff about, well, you people are trying to ban books. There's something wrong with you. You're just like Nazis wanting to ban books. Uh, and one of the things that they're able to do that is particularly devious is years and years ago, states across the country passed these laws exempting public libraries and schools from the obscenity um, statutes regarding children. So, um, you know, these states will have these very intricate, you know, uh, you know, very strong laws about giving obscene materials to children, but they will specifically exempt libraries and schools. And the reason that they did that was because, you know, of artwork that might show a nude body or something like that. And they just assumed that the people working in schools and libraries had enough common sense not to bring in 
you know, hardcore pornography. I mean, it, it, it when they when they, these laws came into existence, nobody imagined that librarians would want to do that. But now they're hiding behind those laws, and and it, it's 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 very very difficult. The other thing that they do is if a, a library board does start to um, insist that these books get taken out, the ACLU uh, comes in with threatening letters, threatening to sue them for First Amendment issues and everything else. And so it's it's very, very tough. Our organization helps parents fight that. But on their own, it's, it's very, very frightening uh, and, and horrible. Uh, Brian, and we're, we're going to be talking more about that fight back, but I know that there have been parents who, uh, you know, they've come across a book in the children's section and they've encouraged the librarians to move books to the adult section, but they've been met with resistance from library directors to do that. Oh, yeah. They 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 consider that um, uh, to be censorship. And, and, and in fact... The books are written for children and for teenagers. Um, you know, th- these 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 kinds of books are so so horrible and so disgusting and so toxic that nobody should read them. I mean, they're just there's no redeeming value. But at least to put them in the adult section would be something. And no, they they fight that tooth and nail. Mm-hmm. Um, again, they say, oh, well, you know, First Amendment, blah, blah, blah. And of course, the First Amendment has nothing to do with this. Uh, a, a, a library can, can decide what books it wants and doesn't want. Uh, you know, the First Amendment has nothing to do with it. And certainly when it comes to children, um, they're, they're not keeping people from reading anything. They're just deciding what to stock. Yeah. That aside, yeah, that's, that's exactly what happens. They fight that absolutely tooth and nail and the ALA helps them do that. Um, So it's, um, you know, a big part of this is the kinds of people that are working in libraries now. I mean, when many of us of a certain age were children, the people working in libraries would, would never have wanted to do something like this, Mm -hmm. but there is a new generation of people that, may have been affected by the sexual revolution, may have been affected by something, they're not normal. They're 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 very, very strange, dysfunctional, weird people. I mean, we've talked to them, uh, we've we've interacted with them and they 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 shouldn't be working there. So that's a big problem. Um and uh I I will also say this is that it's it's not universal. Uh, in other words, um, one of the people that works for our organization has a daughter who works in a public library in a very left-wing town in Massachusetts, and the library has none of this stuff. Hmm. And and the, the reason is, is that the library director and the library board agree that there's no place in a library for pornography. Wow, wow. And that's that. We're going to take a quick so, uh, break here on the program. Brian Kamenker is with us today. He is the director of Mass Resistance. And, folks, we're talking about libraries grooming children and the book holdings that are there, not just by accident, not just coincidence, but by an agenda. We'll be back in a minute. This is Crosstalk. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, scientist with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, now I've heard that sometimes germs evolve. Is this true? Chris, this is a common claim that some germs acquire the ability to infect certain new species or maybe they become resistant to drugs. But this is not evolution. In fact, it's really devolution, the loss of ability or the loss of genes to accomplish a certain purpose. A recent study showed that the whooping cough bacteria lost a certain suite of genes which caused the animal host immune system not to recognize it. Now a new animal can be infected, but is this evolution? What happens here is the loss of genes, not the gain of genes as evolution needs. What results is death, not life. While it doesn't fit the evolution view, it does fit the creation followed by the fall in the curse view, and that's the Back to Genesis view. Thanks for tuning in to Back to Genesis.
This is Crosstalk on VCY America. How many of you thought as the libraries as being grooming centers, grooming children? And folks, sadly, that is what's taking place in many a community across this land. With us today is Brian Kamenker, who is director of Mass Resistance. And uh, they have been calling attention to this issue. They have been forming groups and fighting this across the nation and uh, locally as well. We'll be uh, sharing more on that information. But first of all, identifying the problem here. And and uh, many times, Brian, we find it is actually librarians uh, who are who find that parents are the problem. Uh, and and they the library is actually the ALA, American Library Association. Actually, they are opposing anti-pornography groups. They are opposing groups like mass resistance. Oh, absolutely. Uh, they, the ALA actually uh, discussed us and in, in, um, discussed our group, mass resistance, in one of their um, webinars about how we're, we're one of the groups that's, uh, that's dangerous groups that's, that's helping parents ban books. Hmm. Uh, you know, they, they, you know, they believe that children need to have access to pornography and that parents should not be allowed to get in the way of that. And uh, it's, it's just, it's just vile. And, you know, it's funny at the beginning of the show, you talked about how parents would drop you off at the library and it was a safe place. Now what they're saying is that, you know, it's the parents uh, duty to, to sort of oversee their children while they're in the library to make sure that they don't uh, open, you know, uh, accidentally open objectionable material if that's what the parents don't want. Mm -hmm. So in other words, they admit that these are unsafe places. It is the parents, you know, who who are supposed to police that, which is completely the opposite of how it should be. You know, uh, it's, but yeah, they, they believe that the children uh, that it's good for children to be have access to pornography, and the you know it, I'm not just saying that. I mean, we we have sort of cross-examined them at library board meetings and and other venues, and they will defend that. They will say, yes, these books are good for kids. They they they, they come up with all kinds of idiotic reasons. That, you know, they help them identify who they are or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, these books that, that talk about, you know, that, that instruct kids on these vile homosexual sex acts and things like that, they defend that. Um, Brian, uh, in an article that uh, came out from your organization on your website, uh, you indicate that the ALA's Office for Intellectual Freedom, e- even taking this a step further, they're actually working in different state legislatures trying to derail bills that would establish even parental oversight boards. Tell us what's happening. Oh, yes. Um, they, um, we, we, were, we, we know a lot about this because we work with state legislat- med- legislators to number one, try to repeal these exemptions for libraries that I spoke about earlier, and to, you know, get parents more involved. And we've seen it up close. They they have a ton of money. I mean, millions of dollars, or it just seems like millions of dollars. And they lobby really hard to keep the exemption and to stop any kind of um, parental involvement that the state might. Um, uh, impose, uh, and I mean it's just it's just evil. And again, they have they're they're very good at, at at you know what they call framing the issue. I mean, basically lying. And you know, so they will have this whole litany of just you know of, of, of lies and nonsense, and you know as to why they should be able to do this, and you know how it's all about uh, diversity. And you know inclusion and all this you know this other stuff, and uh, and unfortunately a lot of legislators don't think you know they don't think really deep into this, and so they buy their idiotic reasoning. Unless there's groups like us or others mm-hmm. to say no, this is all nonsense. Here's what's really happening. But it's a big fight. It definitely is. So is this a winnable fight? I mean, I know there are parents across the nation that have been giving pushback, sometimes individually or sometimes a group. Um, how does one push back? Is there any measure of success uh, that, that you can share with us? Oh, yes. 
I mean, we've had plenty of success. Uh, we recently got um, a county library um, uh, board to force their library to disband from the American Library Association. Uh, we recently got another one to um, put into place uh, a policy that says, no, we're not going to we're not going to run use this exemption. We're going to go by the 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 anti um, obscenity laws without using the exemption, and we'll just get rid of the books that that don't go by that. We've gotten library directors, uh, at least one, I think a few, to resign under pressure. Um, you know, these things can all be possibly fought. The problem is, is that when parents jump into this battle, they they really don't know how to fight it. You know, they think they know how, but they really don't. And, I mean, I know that. I mean, we've been doing this for 25 years. And when I first started doing this, I didn't know what I was doing. And it took me a long time to figure out, you know, what, what the right strategies are. And so, unfortunately, parents are, are sort of, you know, uh, when they just show up at a library and try to stop this, it's, these guys are trained to just, just stomp them into the ground, unfortunately. And we go around the country and help parents do it right. But it's hard because they're, they really are slick. They're really well-trained. They have tons of money. And they're just nasty, nasty people. But it can be won, as I said. We've 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 had lots and lots of um, successes, particularly with the drag queen story hours in libraries. I mean that that was a big phase for a while, and we've we've gotten libraries all over the country to get that out just by um, by parents demanding it. Um, so you know, was, one thing is is yeah, go ahead. What, what what pointers do you have for parents? Uh, because there are many who are outraged. Uh, I mean, they see it, what's happening, of course, in school libraries, but in their in their public library. How are these libraries funded? Uh, public libraries funded, and and how? What pointers would you have for uh, for parents to get engaged where they can be effective? Well, the the public libraries are are, are generally um, funded you know, through just regular tax money. Um, and we've had places where parents have, um, uh, I think I think it was the state of Idaho or one of those western states, Wyoming maybe, where we got the legislature to actually cut the funding for all the state libraries, the state funding over this. Um, that was a really interesting success. But what, what parents have to understand is you, you cannot um, reason with these people. You know, a lot of times parents will go in and they'll they'll read from these horrible books and they'll give good logical reasons why they shouldn't be there. Well, those guys eat that for breakfast. I mean, they they don't care. Uh, you have to be very very forceful. I mean, we've we've had mothers go in there and and say, you know, you you, you know, you people are hiding behind this. You're a bunch of perverts. You're, you know. What you're doing to the children in this community is disgusting. You're disgusting people. That works. And it's often very uncomfortable for uh, our side to, to, to take that kind of approach. But that's what it is. And and uh, we have to, you know, we, we can't, if, one of the psychological things that the other side reacts to is that if we don't consider this to be a really, really bad thing, then they don't take us seriously. You know, if if it's like, well, we're going to paint the door of the library, you know, gray instead of brown, and 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 we prefer gray, or we prefer brown, that's different than, you know, you guys are giving our children books that that depict sodomy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and parents have to have to just not stand for that. The other thing that they have to do is they have to have a comeback for every one of their, um, you know, their their slick reasons. And what they'll do is they'll come up, oh well, this is about diversity, this is about this, this is about that, this is about the First Amendment, this is about serving the entire community, 
And every one of those reasons that they'll give, and they will give those at the library board meetings, are all on their surface sound very good, but they're all nonsense. They're all just, just junk. And we, we train parents to say, no, this isn't about diversity, and here's why. This isn't about inclusion, and here's why. This isn't about serving a community. There's no community that could possibly be served by this. And, uh, you know, uh, and then when the a, uh, ACLU starts coming in and threatening people, the ACLU will threaten people, but they will very rarely actually win a court case. And, uh, you know, they'll just threaten people. And we, we train people to, you know, say, no, you know, don't listen to that legalese nonsense. You know, this is about our kids. So, uh, you know, um, it, it's 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 possible. Uh, parents have to be willing to be a little a little more aggressive than they're used to. Although, in a lot of cases, they're willing to do it because they're so angry. Yeah, and you know, I've seen, uh, and there's such a double standard here too. And, and making national news right now too has been. Uh, this double standard. Kirk Cameron has a faith-based kids book and has been turned down by libraries all across, uh, you know, regions uh, to have a story time to read it, their books. Uh, on another situation, though, I and I just found the story here about uh, this is out of Arizona, where a couple of pastors are holding pastors story time and 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 countering, you know, uh, instead of just cursing the darkness, also letting a light and trying to reach boys and girls uh, uh, for Jesus uh, through their pastor story. Time there, but but uh, we're seeing a lot of pushback from libraries for th- things such as uh, the the Kirk Cameron situation here at this time. Um, if it's really all about diversity and inclusion and so forth, they don't want that side to be told. No, they don't at all. I mean, we we have a six hundred page book that we published a few years ago, the Health Hazards of Homosexuality, uh, which oh yeah, libraries don't want to touch that. Um, but what we've, you know, what what, we're, what we may start doing is uh, to come to the drag, uh, the drag queen story hours is mm-hmm. a, you know, here here's a, a session on how this is unhealthy for you, and yeah, yeah. Now many libraries, you know, will allow you to, you know, rent out a room, uh, and they can't, you know, they can't really stop it, um, so. Um, there's a lot of stuff our, our people can do. Usually when they have these drag queen story hours, what, what that really is is that the, the, the people that come to those aren't, aren't usually even from that community. The way it works, if you, if you pay really close attention, is it's, it's like so-called gay families from all around the region will all converge on the same people will come to each one to make it look like mm. the community is really coming. But it's really not from people there. It's really to sort of make a statement and to sort of push it in the face of, of our people. Uh, and we can counter that, too. Brian Kamenker with us here today on Crosstalk, and we're up against a break. We'll be back in just one minute. We're also going to have him share his website with us because you'll find materials and information available there, and also we'll be giving you an opportunity in a short while to call in with your questions as well. This is Crosstalk on VCY America. We'll be right back. There is a significant uptick in the intensity of the issues bombarding us. It's not a single battle being waged, but an all-out war on numerous fronts. The attack on biblical values, the demonizing of Christianity, escalating lawlessness, the emerging secular agenda, and the growing control of the populace are all unfolding. These assaults share the common thread of globalism. Globalism by the powerful elite in order to have supremacy over the people, their land, government, commerce, energy, and even religion. In the book, Globalism, The Great World Consumption, author Richard Smith tackles these matters head on by not only looking at the perilous times in which we live, but to see how this lust for control is propelling us toward a one world political system and both a one world economic and religious system. The book, Globalism, is available from VCY for a donation of $16 or more when you call 1-800-729-9829.
You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Yeah, folks, uh, libraries, grooming children. I mean, it is uh, outrageous what is taking place. And uh, it is not where our focus is on libraries and on these books. But, folks, understand what is going on. Your children are being targeted. There is just a, a, a there's a barrage of what's taking place. Even American Girl reportedly has introduced LGBT characters into a storyline and have released a book, A Smart Girl's Guide Body Image, that gives advice to children. This is American Girl giving advice to children as young as three years old on changing their gender. The book advises, quote, if you haven't gone through puberty yet, the doctor might offer medicine to delay your body's changes, giving you more time to think about your gender identity. Uh, Yet we have another story that broke from Project Veritas of a school leader boasting of exposing students to so-called sex toys and a very troubling case out of Chester County, Pennsylvania, where parents to sixth graders, they signed permission slips allowing their kids to go to a local theater production of Alice in Wonderland. Guess what? They were not told that the production included an award winning drag queen as part of the show. And while the school never informed the parents about this, they said, well, parents could have gone to the theater's website and looked up the bios of all the characters that were going to participate in the program. They could they had access to that. Brian, we're going to such great lengths to introduce children, not just introduce, but indoctrinate children into the LGBT uh, persuasion. Uh, Their indoctrination is taking place. I mean, we're talking about American Library Association, but it's happening in the school classrooms. It's happening with toys like American Girl, where it's happening with with uh, uh, teachers who are who are, you know, purposely trying to keep information from parents and all of this. Right. And, you know. It goes back to what you read at the beginning of the show, that quote, because we, we, as I said, we've been doing this for over 25 years, and this is what the homosexual movement is all about. It is a, um, it is an obsession with children, just like that quote that you did, just like, you know, everything in their parades, everything in their everything. Mm-hmm. It's forcing stuff into the schools. And the reason I bring that up is that a lot of parents say, well, you know, we're not against the LGBT movement. We just don't like these books in the school. Well, that's like, you know, saying, well, we're not, you know, we're we're not against the communist movement. We just don't want our kids reading communist books. I mean, there's a, a sort of hypocrisy there with a lot of a lot of people these days that they, they want to accept the homosexual movement as being normal and good for the country, but they don't like what the homosexual movement is doing to their kids. And uh, that's, that's become a problem. You know, um, this, this is, that's what it's all about. And that's what it goes back to the 1987 quote. You know, the reason that this stuff is in the libraries and in the public schools is because that is the obsession of that movement. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, it, you know, that's, I mean, it's, it's almost sort of a side issue, but it's really not. Uh, and, you know, but as I said, unfortunately, the, the kinds of people that are now running libraries are sort of militant about this. I mean, they are, uh, you know, it's, it's abnormal. Normal people wouldn't do this to kids. And this is another thing that we, we want people to, to, to sort of look, you know, sit back and, and, and realize you're not dealing, you're dealing with very strange, weird, dysfunctional people because normal people don't do this. Mm-hmm. Brian Kamenker with uh, us here today on Crosstalk. Friends, our phone number 800-733-9829. Your questions for Brian today or a brief comment, 1-800-733-9829. And uh, just a week or so ago, I was interviewing Peter LaBarbera here on the program and played a clip from a drag queen, Brian, who spoke up before a city council meeting about the drag queen story hours, but he admitted in his testimony that he said, we are grooming the next generation. And that's exactly what's taking place from from entities like, in my opinion, from the American Library Association with these books to to, to groom children and to uh, 
take them by the hand and pull them along, you know, toward this LGBT uh, agenda that is, uh, you know, to it's being foisted across society. Yeah, absolutely. Brian, what is a website where uh, listeners can learn more? And I know your group is there to, to help people uh, deal with these matters in libraries across, uh, you know, their area. Yeah, um, if you go to Mass Resistance, uh, one word, massresistance.org, O-R-G, that will have everything you need to know. Uh, and it will, you know, if, if parents think that um, it can't be one, well, we have we show you how it, that it can be one hmm. uh, on that website, because you know, we've done it all over the country. Yeah, massresistance.org. And, uh, friends, you'll find much more information there and updated updates on stories. And also they expose what is taking place uh, in, in so many communities and issues and uh, exposing, for instance, here what's going on with the American Library Association, massresistance.org. Let's begin in Tucson, Arizona. Greg, thanks for calling Crosstalk here on the air. Thank you very much, Jim. You know, I've commended you often for the caliber of guests that you have. And none is better than Brian Kamaker. Um, he's a national hero, in my view, and I'm proud and privileged to know him. I was a canceled teacher in Massachusetts, among the reasons for the stuff that Brian is talking about. And um, his persistence, I mean, <laughs> I was reading from the book of Ruth recently, and Ruth was persistent. Nobody is more persistent in our culture today than this man, Brian Kamerker. And um, he's an inspiration. In fact, I, I have to tell you, here in Tucson, I'm having great difficulty finding pastors who will go along with what's going on. My wife and I left our church. We've been trying to link up with pastors here unsuccessfully so far. Um, and there's a, group, a Christian group here that is in, Christian, in um, political activism. They're called For Tucson, the number four, For Tucson Government Domain. And when I presented Brian's materials, including that book he mentioned, The Health Hazards of Homosexuality, which, by the way, is a very powerful compendium of articles. Mm-hmm. Brian, it's even, it's even more than 600 pages. But when I presented Paul Parisi, the head of For Tucson Government Domain, a Christian group, with Brian's materials, I was really snubbed. They gave it back, and they said, that is not in their wheelhouse. Hmm. I I was shocked. So uh, I'm in the struggle right now here in Tucson. God will lead me down the right path. And uh, if just go on the website and look at the accomplishments that Mass Mm -hmm. Resistance has done through Brian. And I just say to Christians, Stay the course. And, Brian, I just want to thank you for all you've done. Thank you, Greg, for the call. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate it. And uh, again, uh, I would guess that your encouragement to him would be to stay persistent. Yeah. um, Well, Greg is, you know, I've I've known him for a while. He is a really, he is is the best. Hmm. Um. And uh, I appreciate the kind words. But, yeah, stay persistent. Greg, thank for the call. Let's go to Star in Marshfield, Wisconsin. You're on the air. Years ago, Crosstalk covered where the American Library Association was resistant against the computer Internet having parental blockers on for children. And you said you was in this business for 25 years. I was wondering if you had anything to do with trying to get the computers hmm. to not be... Uh, available to children for the perversion as long as you are with the books. Yeah, it's not just the books, it's the computers, too. Any comments on that, Brian? Uh, yeah, we, we have yeah, we have actually worked uh, worked on that. What, what we did find a few years ago is that these, these could, not only is the problem in libraries um, have to do with uh, not, not having blockers, to pornography, uh, but the other problem is is the, uh, libraries and also schools subscribe to these special you know websites that include more pornography, and we've been fighting that too. Wow. So it's all it's 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 actually a double thing. Yeah, it's not only 
not only do they not have these, although many of them are getting them now, but all over the, there are these companies that sell access to these, you know, uh, information hubs or whatever they call them that have horrible pornography on it. And, uh, yeah, we've, we've been working on that too. Um, and it, it's, it's vile. It's, it's very dangerous. Feel free to reach out to massresistance.org. Thank you. Ron in Tri-Cities, Washington, you're on the air. Yes. They had a banned books reading at one of the local libraries in uh, my area of southeast Washington. So I called up and asked if I could be part of the banned book reading, and they said, certainly. Well, all the banned books, of course, they were all just filled with child pornography. I said, can I bring my own? And they said, yeah, sure. Which one do you want to bring? I said, I want to bring the most banned book in the history of the world, the Holy Bible. And they said, sure. So I went to the banned book reading, and I read Romans 1. Wow, wow. Oh, man. That's a great idea. Wow. Well, let's, let's, let's start standing for righteousness. We're not just against, we're for. We're for righteousness. Righteousness exalts a nation. Sin is a reproach to any people. Ron, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for the call. Let's go next to Lauren, Hollywood, Maryland. You're on the air. Hello, hello. Good afternoon. This is a timely show. I recently discovered in my own library um, things that are being pandered to children. Uh, there's a book called The Bare Naked Book that's in the children's section that depicts women's breasts and rear ends. And, you know, women that have mastectomies that were transgender, uh, BU, UBU, kids' guidance. I tell you, yeah, and I don't, we don't need to go into further detail. They are vile, Linda. But let's, Laura, let's go right to your main point. Uh, yeah, so this is in my library, and I was wondering how I could address this. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a very timely show. Some of the titles that I ran across that are being pandered to youth and children are just outrageous and despicable and from the dregs of hell. Thank you, Laura. What, what can she do, Brian? Well, I would start by going to the people in the library with the book and, mm-hmm. and say, you know, you know, you know, why do you think children should be reading this? Uh, and and confronting them, confronting the library director, confronting the, the library staff, and and make them answer it. Uh, and uh, that that is a, a very good start. And don't listen to any of their excuses. Uh, you know about diversity or anything, and then maybe going to the to the library board after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that I wouldn't say to do is if they say, okay, if if you want to uh, get this removed, here's our process for removing it, because that that's just a waste yeah. of time. It's bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, we say the people that brought this in here should be uh, removed. You know. They let them work anywhere else but here, but not in a, a library with children. That That's actually quite effective uh, to start with. And, you know, um, uh, send us and, um, you know, go to our website and let us know how it goes, and we can work with uh, you after that. Yeah, we're up against a break here, and I, I'm guessing also, Brian, taking others with her and forming other parents who can also raise objection to that. Uh, yeah, even putting a letter, uh, an editorial in the newspaper saying, do you know what's in our library here? Uh, but exposing it. Uh, they don't like that exposure either, do they? We'll be back in just a minute. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. Jesus in Luke 21 said, Look up, your redemption draweth nigh when you see these things happening. In other words, he said, Hey, you want to know what my second coming will look like? What will be going on before I arrive? Well, here's some of them, he says. Well, are we seeing some of these things happen? Wars, rumors of wars, plagues, pestilence. Yep, the Pentagon gives Ukraine the green light for drone strikes inside Russia. That's a headline today. And we'll be even providing some of the weaponry. You think they're pushing us toward World War III, the increasing of war? Now we have a pandemic simulation once again reported by the same players that were involved in the pandemic simulations in 2019 before the coronavirus in 2020. Now they're preparing for one that will kill upwards of a billion people, including children. They ran this in October of 2022. They're saying it's coming in 2025. I could go on and on. 
plagues, pandemics, and other things the Bible predicted. Look up. This is Crosstalk on VCY America. Brian Kamenker with us here today, Director of Mass Resistance, their website, massresistance.org. And uh, you'll find out a whole lot more information. Our lines are packed. We're going right back to the callers. Holding the longest is Kurt in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Hi, Kurt. You're on the air. Oh, hey, Jim. Thanks for your show and for your guest, Brian, there. Uh, it, it's really appalling that this is going on. But, you know, we know that Satan's in charge uh, God's in charge of everything, but Satan's getting to run rampant here. And all I can say is if you are a parent and you love your children, you have to quit being lazy. Otherwise, you're part of the grooming effect. You have to save your children. You have to protect them. No one else cares about them. So until people get off their butt and go do something and and maybe join together as a community, and say we're not tolerating this in our public systems anymore, whether it's a library or school, this is going to continue, and the children are the ones that suffer. And shame on us if we don't stop this, because that's what God said, you know, woe unto you that hurt my children. So anyways, thank you guys very much for what you've done here, and uh, we we will keep listening. God bless you. Thank you, Kurt. And uh, Brian, I... No, you know Vic Eliason, who's interviewed you previous some years ago here on Crosstalk. He is now with the Lord, but he used to say, if you raise no objection, you have none. And, you know, just to echo what Kurt said there, that, uh, you know, parents do need to raise those objections. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, we've got uh, Gary calling from Erie, Pennsylvania. You're on the air. Jim, what can I say? We really appreciate this show. And the gentleman that was on just before me pretty much is headed in the direction I'm in. If you pray to the Lord, the Lord answers your quest, your prayer, your request. He may not do it now. He will do it later. He may even in his way say not at all. But we are not, if we do not accomplish anything doing it the right way, following through legally the right way to stop this flow of the drag queens and this influx of uh, profanity and uh, this sexual uh, assault that's going on out there. If we don't do something like that, then we do have to rise up physically and do more than we're doing, even if it results in attending meetings undercover and then exposing people too many times people feel embarrassed when they say they're not in favor of something. If you were to take a poll of people, they look around and see, is anybody listening? I don't want to put anybody down, but that's why we've gotten ourselves in a situation like here. Yeah. We've relied on people to do our work for us, and children are our assets, and we have to protect their future. So I do appreciate your, your program. The, the subject bothers me. I see it. We seem to be hung up on a lot of talk, a lot of bureaucracy. And I think we're really on the edge of needing to come out physically. And the Lord, I'm sure, through the years has been behind a lot of physical responses to problems. Yeah, thank you so much for that. And yes, getting up and attending those meetings and, 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 and going there physically and taking others with you as well, speaking out against these. And uh, what's been disconcerting, uh, Brian, as we have seen in some communities, you know, as it relates to schools and so forth, that, uh, you know, that, 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 what is it, Department of Homeland Security or FBI thinks these people as being what, the, the, on the equal of being a domestic terrorist? Oh, I know. I mean, that's that's very, very frightening. I yeah. mean, that's that's like a whole different show. Yeah, yeah, indeed. <laughs> on, on how bad that is. Yeah, but, but we're we're not going to let it intimidate us. No, uh, by no means. Let's. Uh, Leroy is calling from Atlanta, Georgia. Leroy, you're on the air. Hi, Jim, and you guess. Uh, I just wanted to point out the glaring hypocrisy of of their position. Earlier in the program, you all mentioned that they, the, the people who are for this agenda come out and say, well, you know, the parents, they can object and, you know, come out and stand, stand by and check on what their children are watching. But then when the parents do that, they, they have an issue with that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's ridiculous, man, yeah. that, that the people who are elected, the teachers that are hired with taxpayer money, are doing this. Yeah. 
I, I, I can't say in clean words what needs to be said. Uh, and for that, I apologize, but I don't apologize for the righteous indignation I feel on this issue. Thank you, uh, Leroy. Uh, and Brian, it's often very circular reasoning as, he, reasoning as he's pointing out. Oh, he's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he, they, they really don't want the parents mm-hmm. to be in the, in the middle of that. Yeah. Uh, he's right. We're going to it just is. bring up one last caller, and this is Doug in Ringgold, Georgia. Doug, yeah. you're on the air. Yeah, I know the Bible says in the last days without natural affection, I never dreamed it'd be like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it, it's just plum horror. And putting little kitty litter boxes in the in the bathrooms or the at at the schools. Truly troubling issues that are taking place. Thank you for your call here, Doug. Um, as as Doug pointed out, Brian uh, never thought it would be like this. And as you even mentioned, even when they put certain things in place, uh, there are those who though who it is their agenda to take this to whatever extent they can, and that's coming up through the auspices of the American Library Association, the ALA. Yep, absolutely. And at the very least, we need to get every library in America and every school to disassociate from the ALA. And we've we've started doing that. Uh, We've gotten, you know, the first few to do it. We need more. Indeed. It's a vile organization. So you can direct guide people on how they can get their library to withdraw from the ALA? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, there are, there are various ways to do it. Uh, and um, usually it has to do with dealing with the library board. But, yeah, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I think it's absolutely something that everybody should do. And some of you listening to this program can make efforts to get on your library board as well to impact, you know, affect change. That's another method here as well, Brian. Yep. Oh, absolutely. And it's interesting. I mean, some library boards are appointed, some are elected, uh, but it's it's amazing how easy it is to get on these things in general uh, because it's sort of an obscure thing, but it's become very uh, controversial and powerful these days. Brian Kamenker with us. Brian, thank you so much for carving out the hour to join us today on the broadcast. Well, thank you for the opportunity. It's been wonderful uh, being here, especially with your your callers. They're they're all great. And, uh, friends, uh, you can check out more information at massresistance.org. My mind went to Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30, and I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Might you be that man, might you be that woman to take a stand for such a time as this. God bless you, folks. Thanks for joining us today on Crosstalk. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from VCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from crosstalkamerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.